I met my best friend Anne in 1985. And the Babysitter's Club kept her friendship alive. Then Emily was born in 1988. And she said, Thanks, Aunt Esme. These books are great. Now we're all grown up and we're living our dreams. As a writer and a scholar and an expert on teens. And we're gonna start again from the very first book because we're stuck. Hey listeners, it's Anne letting you all know that we're taking a little holiday break, so this will be our last show until January 13th. We'll be dropping a very fun episode that day with a very exciting guest, so be sure to tune in. Happy holidays, and we'll see you or talk to you next year. Welcome to Stuck in Stony Brook, a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. Today we are extremely excited to have Shay Rudolph with us. She was a major recurring guest star in Fox's Lethal Weapon series as Maya, the daughter of Sean William Scott's character. She's also a vegetarian and is deeply committed to animal rights and the welfare of the planet. Of course, our listeners will know her best as Anastasia Elizabeth McGill from The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. Welcome, Shay. Hi, thank you for having me today. We're so excited to have you. Well, I'm so excited to have you. Both (laughs) Anne and Emily had conflicts today, and they're very, very envious, but we all have real day jobs that sometimes don't let us call in sick and and interview cool actors but I don't work on Mondays so it worked out for me um anyway how are you so you're you mentioned that um when we were kind of chit-chatting before we started you're in LA today so I'm assuming doing cool actor things (laughs) just fun meetings hanging out with friends today yeah and talking to you so it's a very fun day excellent excellent and you're from San Diego is that right Yes. Okay. Born yeah. and raised. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Emily went to UCSD. She was super bummed. That oh, she was no way. Got, so That's awesome. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very fun down there. It's a, it's a, it is. It's, it's a great. lovely place. I'm up north in Berkeley. So we're all, all, all West Coasters. We'll talk more about California Sweet. representation <laughs> in, in the Babysitter's Club in a few minutes. But we should probably back up and tell you about the members of the podcast. I'm Esme Schaller, an adolescent psychologist. I'm kind of bossy, but I have a big heart. I'm Shay Rudolph, an actor and writer. I play Stacy on the Babysitter's Club, and I am a self-proclaimed sweater expert. Ooh, I need to know more <laughs> about that. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to circle back to that in a second. Uh, if you want to learn if you want to learn more about us or how we know each other, not how Shay and I know each other, but how me and my <laughs> other podcast hosts know each other, you can check out our prologue episode. You can also rate and review us. It really does help people find the podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or commentary about anything BSC related, you can drop us a line at stuckinstonybrook at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash stuckinstonybrook. We have all kinds of special, exciting, patron-only exclusives there. And we also have a new patron we would like to thank with a pizza toast, Leanna Petronella. So thank you for joining us, Leanna. Now, what is a sweater expert? Tell me more. I am just obsessed with sweaters. I can't seem to own enough of them. My collection just keeps growing. <laughs> that must I be kind just... of a bummer to live in San Diego though. Like <laughs> it is. it's never cold enough for sweaters. It's maybe cold enough in the mornings. Sometimes yeah. when I go to school and early in the morning for like an 8 a.m. class, it's freezing. So then I get to wear my sweaters. Okay. But I always have to take them off halfway through the day because it gets so warm. Yeah. So it's like you're, it's like it, it just kind of a morning, like top coat layer. Thing. Yeah. But then you get is. to kind of probably that you get to wear them more before you have to like launder them in special ways because sweaters are all temperamental. <laughs> My mom's a big yeah. hair. So I'm awesome. excited to hear that you're a sweater expert. <laughs> 
So before, obviously, I have a bunch of stuff about the BSC I want to talk to you about, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about yourself. So born and raised Californian, awesome. that's true for yes. all three of us on the podcast as well. We've spent a lot of time um, talking about the Dawn California representation in the books as opposed to the series. I, you know, love the updates they made with Sochi and Kendra mm-hmm. and like that, that was necessary for 2021. And there's a lot of things about Dawn that as I'm wondering, as a blonde, blue eyed Californian, how (laughs) how you feel reading some of those parts in the books. Honestly, I feel like they're very accurate. Even in the show, they're incredibly accurate to just California culture because it is a real thing. There is a culture here, even especially in Southern California. The surf culture is so huge and just Mm -hmm. everybody goes to the beach. And it's so funny for me because I'm so not part of that. I actually am kind of scared of the ocean. I don't go to the beach very often. My sister always has to drag me there. I have fun once I'm there, but it's not my first choice when I have a day off. Um, So I'm very aware of all that because I'm like, I just observe. I see it. Everybody loves surfing and skateboarding. And it's like so huge here. So I think in the books and in the show, you really can see that in Dawn and also just like her spiritual side. Especially, mm-hmm. I think, in season two came out a little bit more with her, like, tarot readings and her mm-hmm. incense. And that is something that I do a lot of. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have tarot cards and crystals and incense, and I love every aspect of that. So I don't know if it's just a California thing or if it's a me thing or, yeah, you you're know, like pretty so, spot on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Well, another thing that I know you're really passionate about is, is animals and being a vegetarian. And how long, when mm-hmm. did you become a vegetarian? How old were you? I was, I think, 12. I was in seventh grade and I have been since then. So pretty yeah. awesome. Do you have a favorite dish? Like what's your favorite thing to eat? Um, I don't have a favorite dish. I'm not very creative when it comes to cooking. I don't really know how to cook. <laughs> so Any favorite things usually, you've had in yeah. a restaurant? Oh, there have been some pretty good vegan pizzas. Those, I gotta admit, are very good. I'm a vegetarian, not a vegan, but Vegan pizzas are amazing. Yeah. Well, if you find a place that does it well, it's uh, then there's sometimes people exactly. are like, oh, no, this is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's one thing that we laugh about. And um, my co-host, Anne, is also a vegetarian. The one part that feels very off to us is the specific types of things that Dawn eats in the books. Mm-hmm. So things like tofu, br- like brown rice casserole or tofu delight, which is <laughs> apparently a dessert um, that Sharon oh. serves at one point. Or like I have a, a quote dessert. here from, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, I can find a lot of like cool stir fries called tofu delight, but I don't know what a dessert called that where you would advertise that it's tofu forward would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I have this quote here from the ghost at Dawn's house. And we we're just wondering if you would ever want to eat something like this. So it's Jeff and I fixed a salad with cottage cheese, pineapple, peaches, and coconut topping and heated up a vegetable casserole mom had made over the weekend. Then we brewed some herbal treat oh, tea. What what are your what are your thoughts? Just you can just riff um, on it, Shay. I would definitely drink the tea. Not too sure about anything else. <laughs> Don't enough. know how I feel about fruits and salads, honestly. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair, especially when you combine them with cottage cheese and shredded coconut. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, that's not for me. <laughs> okay, but being from San Diego, I'm assuming that you have some opinions about burritos. I love burritos. I love What are some burritos. of your favorite actually, places and what's what's your favorite burrito? Oh, sorry. You were just going to say something. Say your oh, first. no. I was going to say I was going to actually mention that when you asked me what my favorite vegetarian food was. Just like a 
good old veggie burritos. So good. And there's this place that I think actually might only be in San Diego because none of my other friends that live anywhere else know about it. But there's a restaurant called Rubio's. It's mm-hmm. kind of like coastal Mexican food. I don't know if you know what Rubio's is, but it's mm-hmm. so good. And they have, they actually have this bowl. It's called a California bowl. It's kind of just like a deconstructed burrito, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything that's in a burrito, but without the tortilla. And it, it's actually amazing. So yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite places. And then anywhere that's just local, anywhere near my, where I live, always so good. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, sorry, sorry, listeners outside of Southern California or even San, Fran- <laughs> San Francisco's got its own burrito thing going on too. But I bet, yeah, everybody else, it's it's hard. But you have a lot of other nice things about where you live, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so we ask all of our guests about their history with the BSC. So I know you read the books before being cast as Stacey. You've talked about that before. Do you? Like, what's your like BSC origin story? How old were you when you first came across them? I first came across them as the graphic novel form, actually. Um, I didn't really ever see the chapter books, which is so surprising because in first grade, like book clubs and starting to read chapter books was such a big thing. But my first grade teacher kind of read us like Junie B. Jones a little bit more. And my sister was really into Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So I read a lot of that throughout my elementary school years. But I remember a lot of my friends had the Babysitter's Club graphic novels. I was so interested in them because I was starting to read some other graphic novels at the time, like Smile and Drama mm-hmm. and those types of graphic novels, yeah. which are similar style because it's the same artist for right. a lot of those. Um, and so my friends had them and I always thought they were so cool. And so I borrowed a couple for my friends and then I got them at my school scholastic book fair, which was always my highlight of the year. Absolutely. So that was, that was the first time I read those. And then I started reading the actual chapter books when I got the first audition for Stacy, And then- nice. Now I own my own mini collection of all the Baby Sisters Club books. Uh, not all, because there are so many, but there a lot are of so them. many. <laughs> yeah. I have a podcast a about it, and I don't have them all yet, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> There's like yeah. almost 200. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Do you have a favorite? I gotta say, my favorite, I just, it just has a special place in my heart, is Boy Crazy Stacy. I don't know what it is. But my favorite, I just, too. <laughs> I just think it's so sweet, and I think the storyline is just so yeah. Stacy. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, and you also get to go on vacation. So you get exactly. to like have the anticipation yeah. of the Pikes arriving in Sea City and yeah. imagine Burger Garden and all of the surly teenagers <laughs> working there in their like yeah. bunny suits. And yeah. I feel like there was just so much that like prompted your imagination when I was reading that. Like all the other ones, it's in Stony Brook, it's a familiar setting. Like you've already imagined it before, you know what you're getting into. And then that one is like a new place and you get to, you get to kind of experience a lot of things for the first time as a reader. Yeah, so it's, it's very fun. Yeah. So um, I've I've heard you say before that you related to Claudia a lot initially. Are there yeah. like what? And I know it's hard to pick a character, but like which, which what what things of the you know which characters have you related to along the way in your in your very long life from when you first read the graphic <laughs> novels until now? What what has been your sort of journey? I think just the creativity of Claudia is something that stood out to me mm-hmm. because it's such a huge part of who she is as a human being and as a character. And it's always been a really big part of my life too. I've always been a super creative person. I used to dance, I do music, I paint, I act, I write. It's like mm-hmm. my my heart and soul, it's everything to me. So I think having that be such a huge part of who Claudia is, I really saw a lot of myself in her, even though actual painting and drawing isn't necessarily my main form of art. It's still, right. just I'm still very that, involved. 
yeah artistic I'm still very involved in the arts being out of you yeah exactly so that was kind of what jumped out at me but then through playing Stacey I realized that we actually have a lot of similarities just Mm -hmm. our personality traits and I think I've also brought a lot of myself to the way I play her on the new Mm -hmm. Netflix show um so I think that's also kind of allowed me to relate to her a little bit more because I've infiltrated some of my own personality traits but yeah I think honestly there's something in all of the girls that I can find in myself which is which is so cool because they have so many amazing traits that it's like you can kind of just pick out little bits and pieces and then feel like you're part of the club totally totally that's the genius of the whole endeavor (laughs) it's that I think there's you know, there's not a ton of things, especially with all female characters, where you have all those kinds of choices. Oddly, the thing that just popped into my head that is similar that my kids watched a lot growing up was um, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, um, where I feel like the each of the ponies is is different, but you can kind of relate to each thing. But, yeah. um, but there's not a lot of those options for girls. No. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a really, really great thing about them. I think you know, the three of us on this show are very much, um, you know, a Christy, a Dawn and a Claudia. Um, and I think pretty much all of us, our favorite character is Stacy. Um, so I think that, you know, I think the way she is in the books and the, you know, the sort of, you, you get to see her take on so much, but then you also get to see a lot of vulnerability. And I think you, you know, we've talked a lot about how you portray that very well. Um, and that Thank kind you. of line, cause she is still just 13. Right. And so yeah. there's all these huge expectations. And that of course happens for kids with chronic illness that they have to grow up too soon in a lot of different ways. So mm-hmm. what, um, kind of backing up in terms of how you've grown into the role, what was your, what was your audition like for Stacy? Do you remember kind of your initial round and, what yeah. scene you did, how you prepared for it. So the scene that I did for my audition for Stacey actually wasn't part of the show at all. Mm-hmm. I did I did two scenes. One of them, I, I think they were written mostly for the audition, um, but or they might have been part of a different draft. I'm not really sure. But one of them was with Sam, with Stacey coming over to babysit mm-hmm. David Michael. And then she bumped into Sam and was like, God, he's so cute and he like wasn't yeah. giving her the time of day at all he was yeah. playing video games that one was so funny I remember just like cracking up when I was reading it and mm-hmm. practicing it um and then the other one was she was at a thrift store with Claudia oh, and she's awesome. like is this Gucci and Claudia was like Stacy, we're at a thrift store no it's not Gucci it's <laughs> <laughs> no and it was it was great and then we when I was doing the chemistry read with all the other girls it was one of the the group scenes at the club it was when Christy was kind of like proposing the idea of starting the club to everybody and so that was that was the main one with with all five of the girls in season one so that was that was really fun yeah but those auditions were I think I just I was 13 at the time so I think I just brought a lot of myself into it which is Mm -hmm. kind of the best thing you can do when you're that young and even like at my age that's so what I do for auditions because People are looking for actors that are very similar to the characters because then it mm-hmm. makes it easier on set because you're just yourself. Right. Um, and I think that's honestly what all of us did when we were in the chemistry. We were all just relaxed. We were ourselves. We had already kind of started to form a little bit of a bond with each other in between going into the room and taking breaks and running lines. So yeah. I think we all really are just like the characters. And I think that's kind of why it all just fell into place and happened. Yeah, we we asked Momo who was most and least like their character, and she was like, "Uh, we're kind of all like our <laughs> characters." I don't know how to answer that it's question. True, it's true. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think even just like being on set every day, you see it so much. Like we're never 
out of character, not because we're like method actors or anything, but just because it's just us. <laughs> yeah. What do you remember what you wore for the audition? Did you try to wear something like Stacy? I do remember what I wore. I just tried to wear something really cute. I think I wore I wore jeans and I had this top that was like <laughs> kind of sweater-ish. <laughs> it was like this knit top and it um it had like long-ish short sleeves and it had colored stripes. It had like mm-hmm. light pink and light yellow and like blue and white stripes. Um and then that was for my first audition and for the second one, I wore a dress with I think like a pink jacket. Mm-hmm. And then and then the chemistry read, they actually helped us pick out our outfits. So I wore a black and white striped shirt and a red top and a jacket very similar to what I'm wearing right now. Nice. And apple up earrings. Your, up, up your New York sophistication. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said that like as playing her, there's more and more things you relate to about Stacey. So what, what do you feel like you relate to the most with her? And then what parts of her are sort of a little farther away for you? Yeah, I think the main things that I really relate to that are Stacey's like most apparent personality traits are her responsibility. I think she kind of has to be very responsible just with what she has to deal with at such a young age, but also in terms of babysitting and just school and everything. I think she's a very responsible young girl. And I think I've had similar things just being 13 and being on site. You kind of have to be responsible. You have to learn how to be a little bit more mature than maybe other 13 year olds are because you're in a professional setting. And so I could really relate to that. And I think that Stacey also is really, really kind. I know not everybody sees that about her at first. They think she's this like perfect girl and she's not really the nicest. and like, doesn't really care about other people. But the way that I see her is that like, she might come across like that at first, but deep down in her heart, she really cares about her friends. And I think you can see that if you just look a little bit deeper into her. Uh A thousand percent. And that's actually one of our favorite things about her as written in the books, as well as your portrayal, because I think that, you know, so often and I think Dawn actually makes a joke about this in the second season, but so often like cool girls are shortcutted to also be mean Mm -hmm. and like terrible. And there's no Mm -hmm. like you can't be cool and also kind. Um, And that was, you know, Anna Martin, you know, said that wasn't the case in 1986. You know, it's very clear in Stacey's commitment to the girls and in her, um, you know, honestly, sometimes tolerance of Christy when (laughs) she's being particularly babyish, which is a word that gets thrown around a lot, (laughs) especially in the first 20 books. Um, And I think that, um, you know, you and Malia and Sophie and Mamona did this amazing job of portraying that awkward gap that so often happens in middle school, you know, of the kind of younger girls and the older girls, not in age, but in sort of maturity progression however you want to play it um and it's a little different for Stacy because she's newer on the scene but you can still mm-hmm. see her kind of like well am I going to connect to this girl who's not you know doesn't have her period yet and thinks boys are stupid and doesn't understand why I would even be interested in her brother versus not um so you know as a you know former Marianne currently Christy um we you know I definitely had kind cool friends growing up as well and so how did you how did you sort of tap into playing that balance because I think it's really hard especially because we have this frankly sort of sexist narrative in our culture that like you know girls against girls women against women like the pretty fashionable one couldn't possibly be interested in like the sporty awkward loudmouth like you know all of those kinds of things so how do you sort of play it both ways when you're playing that role because i think that's such an essential part of stacy 
I really don't think it was a, a conscious choice on my end. It was something mm-hmm. that just kind of happened because that's who I am. Like not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I do think I am a pretty kind-hearted person. Like mm-hmm. I just can never find it in myself to be mean to people. And so it was just something that I naturally brought to my portrayal of Stacy. And then one of the main things about her is that she's super fashionable and everybody thinks she's cool. So that was kind of the thing that I was like consciously adding Mm. to the mix of everything but I think those traits that that really stand out that are my favorite traits in her are also the things that are in me and I think that's why they stand out so much because it's just me being relaxed on set and just (laughs) having it naturally happen and it also helps being with my best friends like that's what we always say it's like I think the reason why we seem so similar to our characters is because not only because we are but also because we're relaxed around each other and that's when it really Mm -hmm. comes out because you're not thinking it just feels like you're hanging out so then you're just naturally yourself and then those are the traits that stand out and then they're the traits that happen to be also the character's traits so it all just kind of works perfectly but I think yeah bringing those little things to Stacey was just it just happened it's just me (laughs) yeah that's fantastic well it definitely it definitely comes across thank you so what was your favorite episode that you felt like for filming what was the most fun to film across either season I gotta say, I think also Boy Crazy Stacy. Yeah. You got <laughs> it was some really good fun stuff one. in that episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I got some really nice comedy moments, which is mm-hmm. something that I'm not really used to. I wouldn't say that I'm a comedic actor at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think having the opportunity to do that was super fun. And yeah. it was just in a such such a safe environment where I knew it was part of the storyline and like it was something that I had to do either way. So I just kind of relaxed and I was like really going for it or at least trying to. Um, yeah. And I think also just being on the beach was really fun. It was yeah. freezing. That Except I you were on the beach in Vancouver instead of in San <laughs> yeah. Diego. Yeah. It was, it was really cold, but we still had so much fun. And I just got to hang out with Malia. So I think we got a lot closer through filming that because it was like yeah. a whole week of basically just us being together on the beach yeah. together like every yeah. day. So that was that was really fun. And then also just the storyline is one of my favorites. So it was really great. Uh, I definitely think you nailed the comedy when that first trailer (laughs) came out with you saying, Burger Garden, we all just died. (laughs) Like we were like, yes, it's happening. And it's just, and it's so good. And I think, you know, the other danger with Stacey, and this is, you know, obviously a credit to the producers and to Rachel and to to everybody involved in the show is that I think there's a danger much like the covers of many of the books, there's a danger of picturing her more like a 16 year old instead Mm -hmm. of a a 12 year old, which is what she was in the first season. And so I think that was that kind of, uh, you know, very obvious vulnerability when she's obsessed with Scott. I think you just played really well because it, it, you know, you you. seemed, I know you were 13, but you seemed 12, which is what you were supposed (laughs) to be seeming instead of like a 16 year old pretending to be 12. So yeah, I think it also helped that we all were, really really young when we booked it I I turned 14 when we were filming season one but like Mm -hmm. even when you're a brand new age it's like you're still like you're still 13 yeah Yeah, exactly so I was I was 13 for the entire time of filming um and a lot of the other girls were even 12 and 13 like new 13 year olds too so we all were the ages of the characters Mm -hmm. at that time and so I think it really 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 helped because we were just just going into high school and a lot yeah. of them were still in eighth grade. We were at that yeah. exact moment of our lives that all the characters are experiencing in the book. So it was yeah. it was a lot easier to portray that kind of weird, like, you're not really a teenager yet, but you're not really a kid mm-hmm. kind of awkwardness. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 
Do you have a favorite um, BSC plot that hasn't been featured on the show? Some of them get pretty wild Ooh. later in the series. Any any that mm. that either that you think are a little ridiculous in a in a fond way, <laughs> um, or that you just really love. I think with Stacy, there's kind of a lot going on um, with her parents, obviously. And then in the books, she moves back to New York and then has mm-hmm. to make a decision if she wants to stay there in the city yeah. that she loves so much or go back to Stony Brook to be with her friends. And I think after, after reading a lot of those books where she's kind of internally struggling to decide what she wants to do mm-hmm. and like who she wants to surround herself with and the energy that she wants to be in her life, I think it just... I think it would be awesome to see on screen. I don't know if she would move back to New York per se, but I think mm-hmm. just that like internal conflict is so great because it's something that teenagers really struggle with in, in so many different aspects of life, just like really having to tap into yourself and you can't really get other people's opinions on like right. where you want to live, like which parent you want to live with. Cause if totally. you ask other parent, they want you to live with that one. So yeah. it's like, it's something that you have to figure out. And I think she felt pretty alone in a lot of those moments and I think it would just be it would just be a really nice opportunity for a lot of representation on screen Mm -hmm. and and even the books it just left a lot of representation so that was one of my favorite storylines especially just with Stacey because we also get to see a lot of moments with Lane when she's back Mm -hmm. in New York and then her like eventually deciding that she wants to be in Stony Brook with the Babysitter's Club and them reuniting was just so sweet yeah absolutely Fantastic. Well, speaking of representation, um, obviously the show has made incredible strides in that in a lot of areas. And there's another side, which is re- representation can never be all things to all people. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. how you deal with, you know, there's plenty of people saying this is wonderful and Shay's doing such a fantastic job with diabetes. And then there's also some blogs and other things out there of like, this is what the writers got wrong. This is what I don't like. And obviously it's not on you as the kid playing the character and you know, it's hard. It's hard to read internet yeah. criticism. And so I'm just wondering how, like, if some of that has come in, if you, if, if your mom has been good at kind of blocking that out for you, how do you <laughs> cope with that? How do you sort of like center yourself? Because, you know, it's not Stacy's job to be the only representative of type one diabetes in yeah. pop culture ever, but sometimes it can feel like that when you're playing a character that's been underrepresented. I think I've been pretty lucky to mostly just see a lot of love from everybody I think that this fan base is incredibly loving and accepting of not only the people who are portraying these characters in this generation but also just the characters in general and Mm -hmm. everything that they have to offer I so I'm very lucky to have that and I hardly ever see hate comments or people being really critical about the portrayal of Stacy or or anything of that sort um Mm -hmm. but the occasional one will slip in and I just kind of you know like anybody else does you just ignore it and you kind of move on and you just Mm -hmm. focus again on all of the love that's coming in Mm -hmm. and so it's it's luckily not been too hard and I try to not really look at a lot of the things yeah yeah good strategy (laughs) and a a challenging one in 2021 yeah um yeah I think uh you know, some of the things that I saw on like, because I'm a psychologist, I work with pediatric psychologists, I work with some people that um, specialize in type 1 diabetes. Some of the comments that I saw, I was sort of like, well, you just don't know enough about the Babysitter's Club. Like, they're, they're, mm. like Stacey's mom shouldn't be so anxious about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, but that's Maureen McGill. Like, she's supposed to be really, she's supposed to be over anxious, but they can't show her whole entire journey into Stacy episodes. We have to hint at it. And so yeah. that's what's there. Um, but that's, that's that actually makes sense and 
some parents are overly anxious. That is a real journey as well. So yeah, Yeah. very cool. So (laughs) tell me a little bit about some of the uh, causes that are important to you, because I know you're really big into using your social media platform for good when you can and sort of how do you choose the things that are important to you and how do you cope with sort of the pressures of balancing that self-promotion that you have to do as an actor with, you know, trying to raise awareness for, for things that are important to you? Yeah, I think in terms of choosing the things that are important to me, it's things that um, are just personal to me. So like I have a cat, so I'm really supportive of ASPCA who does the stuff with animals um, and animal welfare and animal health. Uh, so that that's kind of an easy pick because I'm a pet and I, I love animals. I'm a vegetarian. So just kind of all that one was pretty natural. Um, and then in terms of natural health or oh my god natural health um, mental health um that's something that I have a lot of friends who struggle with some things with mental health and um I do sometimes too I think it's a very normal part of being a teenager in today's day and age and I think it's really great that everybody's so open about it now because Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that's kind of like a contributor to that and it getting worse is just the feeling of being so alone in it um, so totally. I think it's something that I know a lot of people openly talk about, which is amazing. So then there's Dee Dee Hirsch, which my friend kind of helps me get a little bit into, which I'm doing a walk for on Sunday, raising awareness for suicide prevention. And then also I am involved with PETA, who also is animal welfare. Um, I am a Girl Scout and I was I was working on my gold award with them, but then it ended up not happening. But I'm still pretty involved with them Very and cool. they're still a great cause. Yeah. I did not realize you were a Girl Scout. I am a Gold War Girl Scout. I am a Girl Scout troop leader. Both my kids are Girl Scouts. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I've done it since kindergarten. It's it's been fun. That's amazing. Fantastic. Are you excited about the new cookie this year? What's the new cookie? No. Oh, it's it's called Adventureful, and it's like a brownie bottom with salted caramel on top. Oh, wow. Both bakers are getting it. Well, that actually sounds really good. I'm... Yeah. Always the thin mint girl at heart. I can't ever, I, mean, I can't ever get away from it. They're just my favorite, no. especially. And they're vegan, right? <laughs> and they taste so good frozen. They taste yeah. so much better frozen. You can taste the mint and the chocolate, and they're like the perfect amount of crunchy. They're just so good. Yeah, I always buy like <laughs> five boxes, and then they're gone in like two days. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you they, you eat them by the sleeve. You can't just go with. Oh boxes. yeah. Especially with my dad and my sister and my mom and me, it's just, they are just gone. Yeah, that's only like a sleeve and a half each, not <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. You get it. I totally get it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, well, very, very cool. Uh, I, I guess I'd like to know a little bit more about, you know, you mentioned getting great reactions from fans. I'm wondering if you've noticed any difference with the reactions from like Gen X fans like myself, millennial fans versus Gen Z fans. I think we're all coming to it with different, uh, really baggage, I think, (laughs) and also like nostalgia and memories and um, sort of what have the reactions been that you, you know, you mentioned lots and lots of positive reactions. Like Mm -hmm. how do you, do you see any generational differences? Do you see any, like just what, what has surprised you? Yeah, I think um, in terms of my fellow Gen Zers, I think a lot of them kind of got introduced to Babysitter's Club through the show. And mm-hmm. obviously there are still kids who grew up with the books. I mean, I know a lot of our cast grew up with the books, so it's mm-hmm. it's very much still a thing to have that sort of nostalgia. But a lot of them were introduced to it just through the show, and they only know it through the show. And then they went and read the books, if that's something they were interested in. But I think 
a lot of the adult fans of your generation kind of knew it only from the books and now they're watching like a new take on it so it's mm -hmm. just it's a it's a very different way of watching the show like watching it for the first time not knowing the storylines yet and then watching it knowing everything that happens in the books and being so aware of it from your childhood but I think mm -hmm. either way there's there's still been a lot of love to go around about it because <laughs> I think just the storylines are so sweet and the characters are so incredible and Anne Martin has done an amazing job creating these characters and as somebody who's working on writing I know the feeling of like creating a character and having it be your baby and just it's so amazing to be able to bring Stacy to life again for another generation. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's there's yeah. just there's so much to love about it that it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fantastic. I think, you know, for me as someone who, you know, read Christie's Great Idea the year it came out, you know, mm -hmm. and started and was like getting the books a month at a time through probably much longer than it was age appropriate for me to be doing <laughs> so. Um, I think we lived through a couple other iterations of the babysitters club on screen that mm -hmm. did not feel as um, connected to what Anna and Martin put on the page. And so, I mean, this is stuff mm -hmm. obviously that I said to, to Rachel and the, you know, the other producers and um, credit goes to all of the writers, but I think that it's very clear for us older people watching the show that this is made by people who grew up connected to the books as yeah. opposed to, in the 90s, I feel like it was really like adults who didn't get why it was so big, who kind of wanted to cash in on the fact that it was super popular. So it's like, oh, we'll make something for kids that like this thing that we don't understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is very different from the angle that it's being come at. You're so right, though, because like from the second that all of us booked it and we were on set, even just rehearsing for the very first week of being in Vancouver, like all of the producers and all of the writers and the showrunner and everybody who was a part of it, it was a passion project for them. And it, it was like their baby as well. Like they were bringing mm -hmm. something that was such a huge part of their childhood to another generation and to, to Netflix and in such a different way. And I think you're right when it, you say that it shows a deeper connection to it and they get it. And I think even like my fellow castmates, we get it too, because we grew up with the books and we understand that feeling of like having a character that you love so much, whether it was somebody from the Babysitter's Club or somebody from another book, like you, we just, we get it. And I think I'm really glad that you're able to see that. And I'm sure a lot of people are too. Yeah, it totally comes across. All right. So you babysit. I do. I know, probably not everyone in the cast babysits. Do you feel like you, you know, do you feel like Shay Rudolph would earn a spot in the BSC as yourself? Or would Ooh. you, are you a little bit lax sometime? Are you a little bit more babysitter's agency material? Hmm, I think, I think if I had less schedule conflicts in terms of being an actor, um, then yeah, I'd be part of the babysitter's club. But I think Christy wouldn't really like me not being able to take every job all the time. <laughs> but in terms of my Fair babysitting enough. skills, I think yes, I love babysitting. Nice. It feels like I'm just hanging out with the kids. It's actually like one of my favorite things to do. Like I was just babysitting yesterday for I think like four hours and it was so much fun. We had a picnic nice. outside. We watched Octonauts. We were playing with Legos. It was great. So yeah, I love babysitting. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice to take that time out and just be in yeah. kid land. Yeah. It is. Cause um, it's, it still feeds yeah. that part of me that like, like wishes I could still play with toys and wishes I was still a kid. So uh -huh. yeah, I, I completely Fantastic. agree. What kids from the show or the books would you want to babysit in real life? 
Oh, I think I got to go with Lucy Newton. She's the cutest baby ever to exist. She would be so fun. I know she's a newborn baby, but still super cute. No, it's fun to, it's fun to hang with babies. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's so sweet. So the Babysitter's Club is all about life lessons, right? So yes. what life lessons do you feel like you've learned from being an actor in general or Ooh. specifically from being an actor on the BSC? I think the main life lesson that I've learned being part of the Babysitter's Club uh, has really taught me this. Not only is it important to have a solid friend group and just people that you can trust and lean on in tough times, it's also just really important to get comfortable with yourself and to be able to lean on yourself. And well, it's great to be able to lean on other people and get some help. It's like, there are some little things in life that you just, you have to push through in in your own way. And I think that just growing up around these super supportive girls and women who are different parts of the team of the Babysitter's Club has really helped me just get super comfortable with who I am and feel really empowered and making decisions and going after things and being a super ambitious young girl. And so I think that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the most important things. And it's something that I always try to tell people, like, just if you have something you want to do, do it. You don't have to worry about what other people are going to think about you because regardless of if you do it or don't, people are going to judge you. It's always going to be part of life and you just the have to do thing. stuff. You yeah. can't let that get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, related, I saw your article in girl's life about, um, secretly loving social distancing and being comfortable, (laughs) being comfortable saying no to social plans now that quarantine is lifting. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, that's a beautiful lesson for introverts everywhere and, and related in a way that, you know, maybe people are more afraid to try something like bold or try a leadership thing, you know, thinking back to Girl Scouts, but but it's, it can also be really hard to say no and to protect your energy and protect your time. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you just said that protecting your energy is so important to me. And it's something that like, oh my gosh, I feel sometimes there are like little things that will just really set you back in terms of protecting your energy and like really growing as a human being. There will just be those setbacks. And then you're like, oh my God, all my work just went out the window because this one little thing happened, but it's like, it's something that I'm just constantly working on. So I'm so glad you said that because that is something that's really important. Okay. So we're going to move on to more fun, random questions. Okay. Um, this, <laughs> um, some are from my daughter. Some are from our patrons. One is how did you keep a straight face when Sam says, this is just the thing that I draw about the blender <laughs> in season one? Um, honestly, I don't know how. I really don't know how because it was such a just like dumb teenage boy moment that's like it's right. so hard not so to laugh at. Perfect. So it's good. So perfect. It's like so that is a 15-year-old boy, 10,000%. Yeah. I just like yeah. I think for me, just in that moment, I was like really just trying to focus on the solemnness of like what that scene was right. about. You're worried. Really, I'm worried about Mimi. I'm just worried about yeah. Mimi. Yeah, yeah, worried about Mimi. Worried about Claudia. Sam, we can talk about you later. We don't care about your blender. Um, but watching it, I really saw how funny it was, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I didn't process how funny that was. But yeah, yeah, there there will be takes, and there have been takes where all of us just start racking up at something yeah. that happens whether it's like something we did in between filming that scene or something that's actually in the scene but it's yeah. like you just you collect yourself you take a deep breath you keep going but it's like it's that kind of laughter that you have in school where you know you shouldn't yeah. be laughing but you're with your friends totally. and you just can't stop and it's so yeah. addictive and it's like that's yeah. when you can see that we're, we're just teenage girls yeah. yeah yeah you're done I think adult <laughs> actors have that problem too though, so <laughs> 
Good to know I'm not the only one. Similarly, how did you manage um, giving Mark Evan Jackson a makeover with uh, hair clay? <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one was hilarious because that actually wasn't necessarily scripted. It was scripted that we had a montage where um, Claudia was helping Marianne with the room and I was helping Richard with style, but it wasn't ever specific about what we were doing. And so it's kind of just a collaboration yeah. and Mark, he is so funny. He's such a funny person he's on and off set and he's incredible yeah. with improvisation. So he was actually the one that kind of prompted me to just do it and to keep doing it and to be mm -hmm. really funny with it. So I felt like I was in this space of just like actor collaboration where it like, it didn't really like the same thing that I was just saying, like it didn't really process my brain how funny it was I was just like okay this is something that I'm gonna do it's a little yeah. bit silly but like I think just yeah. with everything put together around that scene and then that just being in there and like that hilarious moment of me being like slightly uncomfortable touching his hair I was just like should I yeah. should I not so <laughs> yeah I think so it all just good. it's just one of those things that naturally happens and you don't ever realize how funny it is until you watch it back yeah well and it's such a great scene too to show like Stacy's chutzpah like it's like so like like no one that grew up in Stony Brook would try that with Richard no because they would already they would be too scared of him but you're just like whatever he needs some help I'm from New York it's fine like and you just yeah. like dive in so. yeah exactly all right we're gonna do fill in the blank so the last thing you watched on tv oh my god I watched this cartoon. It's on Netflix. It's called Hilda. It's this young witch girl. Oh, she lives in a magical world. It's so amazing. Yeah. I just finished it. So I'm so sad that yeah. I finished it because it's my favorite show. But yeah, yeah, I think that was the last thing I watched. Beautiful. The last song you listened to? Um, I think it was Cardigan by Taylor Swift, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Great. <laughs> last person you texted? Um, it was actually, funny enough, Malia. Nice. Right. Yeah. Last book. Last book you read? Oh, um, I read this graphic novel series called Heartstopper. It is amazing. Highly recommend. Awesome. And then, do you listen to podcasts? It's okay if you don't. We know they're kind I of. I do. I do. Okay. I last, mostly <laughs> listen, to... You listen to. Oh, um. Well, my mom really loves This American Life, and we always listen to it sure. in the car driving to LA. Nice. So we listened to that earlier. And then other than that, I listen to true crime podcasts sometimes because my sister loves them. So, or loves, oh <laughs> yeah, she loves them. So now I love them. Excellent. Okay. So now we're going to do a this or that of junk food because the Babysitter's Club Ooh. is fantastic on junk food. Yes. It's been so nice to see Stacey be able to eat it now because it of has. the advances in diabetes. It's wonderful. Exactly. Okay. Doritos or Cheetos? Doritos. Cake or pie? Cake. Twinkies or ringdings? Ringdings. Starburst or Skittles? Starburst. Sour Patch Kids or Gummy Worms? Sour Patch Kids. Kit Kat or Twix? Twix. Oreos or Thin Mints? Thin Mints, hands down. Girl <laughs> Scout answer, fantastic. Plain M&Ms or peanut M&Ms? My dad isn't going to be happy with me with, for this answer, but plain M&Ms. Yeah, dads love peanut M&Ms. What is it? Like, <laughs> like if you're a guy and you have a baby, they hand you a pack of peanut M&Ms. Yeah. Like, this is all you can have from now on. Okay, uh, pizza or burritos? Oh, oh, this is such a hard choice. Can I say both? You can say both. Yeah, it's a little bit New York versus California. So if you, <laughs> if you, if you need to say both, I think it's okay. I will say both. I can't choose. Okay. okay. And red vines or Twizzlers? 
Oh, red vines. That's the that's the native Californian answer. Yeah. Um, okay. And do you have a favorite junk food that I did not ask you about? French fries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> classic classic oh good okay. never get sick of them no no they're really delicious they okay. are do you have any questions for me as an adolescent psychologist yeah how did you get into psychology because I took I took AP psych last year and it was very interesting I'm kind of bummed it was online I would have loved to do it in person because yeah. there's a lot more that you can do when it's in person but it was a really interesting class. So how'd you choose that? That's awesome. Oh, I wish that they had that in my high school. It was kind of an accident. Um, so I was a, uh, I, everybody in my family is a teacher. So both my parents were public school teachers, like high school, mm. middle school, like move my grandparents, like I just, my sister. So I just sort of, I always loved teenagers. I loved kids, but I especially loved teenagers. So even as a teenager, I was like, you guys are interesting. So <laughs> I always knew I wanted to work with teenagers. So I just assumed I would teach high school. Like that was mm. my plan. Um, and I actually, um, also like, I wanted to be a high school physics teacher and the drama club advisor. Cause I did acting and stuff in high school. That's well. awesome. But, um, but then I got to college and I like, didn't really love my physics classes. I was taking astronomy and it was giving me a little bit of an existential crisis because it turns <laughs> out we're really small and unimportant when you look at yeah. things on like a galaxy level. Um, and then the acting was just like a little too serious for me compared to mm -hmm. high school. Like the other actors, like if astronomy made me feel tiny and unimportant, the other actors I thought were taking themselves way too seriously and thought that they were way too important. Um, and so I was sort of at a loss, like I was going to be a double major in physics and drama. And then I like didn't really love either of them mm -hmm. as like my direction. So I just took a site, I took like intro psychology as a, like a credit requirement because you had to take a social science. And I was like, oh, you can study people and also help them and they can be important, but not so important that they're the most important thing in the world. So I just kind of found it that way. That's amazing. Um, there's I love a lot that. Of, yeah. There's a lot of teaching involved. So I still like to teach. Um, but yeah, it, um, I stumbled upon it. I didn't have, you know, no one in my family had an advanced degree. Like I didn't just didn't really know what options there were. Yeah. But, I love that it just all fell into place because it's like my life motto. Like if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And so yeah. You're a, a great yeah. example of that. Well, <laughs> thank you. I think it's also, you know, it's something like 80% of college freshmen change their major. You know, it's like you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to know at yeah. 17 what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You need to Absolutely. know what you want to do now and some things that are important to you and, and your values, which I think you're a really yeah. great example of. And then, and then see where those take you. There's always yeah. so much pressure yeah, to have it figured out is like, somebody like I'm in 11th grade right now and so starting yeah. to think in terms of like taking an SAT or like doing applications for college and my sister had to go through it she's a freshman in college right now and it's like there should not be so much pressure on fresh 18 year olds to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives because no. you're not supposed to know at that young age like oh my gosh you're just starting to yeah. figure that out so yeah yeah totally Ag completely agreed completely agreed <laughs> just a lot it's a lot <laughs> So I know we're almost out of time, Shay, but before, you, before we go, can you tell us about anything that you're working on currently? I know there's probably some things that you can, can and can't talk about, <laughs> any future projects we can look forward to. Um, very focused on the BSC right now. It's mm -hmm. just kind of, I'm just kind of basking in the new release of season two and just really enjoying that and seeing that there are still so many people who are just discovering it for the very first time and just totally. feeling all that love. Um, so that's been really amazing. And then also right now I'm starting to explore the world of writing and fiction writing and screenwriting and everything in between and just kind of merging a lot of my creative interests. 
and thinking about that in terms of the future, maybe writing some of my own projects that I can develop, like some of the amazing women of the BSC did. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah, just kind of really enjoying a lot of these creative things that I'm doing still very focused on music as well not not in terms of a profession but just as a a creative release and then always Mm -hmm. looking forward to new things for acting so yeah there's a lot of exciting and fun things going on right now very cool yeah there are a lot of people still discovering we've actually gotten two emails from adults who have been listening to our podcast for like Mm -hmm. a year and did like purposely did not watch season one last July because they were too scared to do it. And like <laughs> even though it was a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and even though all these articles yeah. came out saying this is amazing, this is really the Babysitters Club, and they, you know, we've had a couple emails from people who are like, "Fine, I finally broke down and watched it, and it's amazing. You guys were right." Oh. And like, so, so I do think that uh, both both among young people who are really more the intended audience, but also among us old fogies, there's plenty of people that are still coming around to it. So Yeah. And I totally get that fear of like not wanting to watch an adaptation of something you love so much. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. how can people ever get it as well as the books? Cause the books do so much justice to it and get so much depth. And I'm total advocate for reading books before movies. I love books. Mm-hmm. I love reading. And of course I love movies and TV and film and everything yeah. about that. But I totally get that. So I'm glad that everybody thinks we did a great job because that's like the highest compliment to for somebody who's part of an adaptation of something. Fantastic. So we end each of our episodes with a pizza toast, like the girls often pizza toast to each other. So (laughs) it can be a small, goofy thing. It can be, you know, something that you're thinking about lately, something that's important to you. What do you what should we pizza toast to today? We should pizza toast to new opportunities and making things happen for yourself. Ooh, I love that. Thank you. A pizza toast to new opportunities and making things happen. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us, Shay. This was Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun talking. This episode of Stuck in Stony Brook is now adjourned. Thank you to Anna and Martin for everything. Stuck in Stony Brook is edited by Emily Crandall. Theme song written and recorded by Gary Schaller, performed by the band Kid Kit. You can follow us on Instagram at Stuck in Stony Brook or find us on our website, stuckinstonybrook.com. Need some books that we mentioned? Buy them from our bookshop and support both a local independent bookstore and your favorite series literature analysis podcast. Find us at bookshop.org slash shop slash Stuck in Stony Brook. Lastly, if you're feeling dibly generous and you want to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful. You're the best friends a girl could ask for.